This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, yeah, a little Rihanna action. She's going to perform the halftime show at the Super Bowl. It was announced today. Looking forward to that. It's a big get for the NFL. Back-to-back years, Super Bowl halftime show is going to be lit. Ty D. Butler on Twitter and Instagram. You can hit me up, 800-919-3776. I just saw a video come across my Twitter timeline that there is a mass exodus uh, at Yankee Stadium. A lot of the fans are leaving the ballpark either A, anticipating this is going to be a lengthy, lengthy rain delay as it looks like there's a storm watch flood warning up until 11.30 p.m. tonight, or B, this game will not finish in its entirety, and the Yankees will be awarded their seventh straight win, and it would be their ninth win in the last 11 games. And as we shift over to the Yankees, we'll do football, uh, some more football later on with the Jets and Giants, and then do, do want to go around the league because it was a wild one in the NFL today. The week three slate, the, especially that 1 o'clock window, was just amazing with all the finishes. But as we transition to baseball, the Yankees, if they do win this game tonight, which all signs point to that being the case, it would be their seventh straight win, and then they could wrap up this AL East division title in Toronto uh, at any point in the next three days. All they would need to do is win one of the three next three games to officially wrap up this division, and that's just step one of many to come. I, just to put the, you know, Aaron Judge... It's been an incredible season for him. Obviously, he's in contention to win the Triple Crown. I think it's not even a conversation about who the MVP belongs to. It's Judge, and in my opinion, opinion, it should be unanimous because of what he's done for the entirety of the season in games that matter. Like if Otani were playing for an Angels team that at the very least was contending for a playoff spot, then it would mean something. But he's going to spend the last four months of his Angel season not playing in a single meaningful game, whereas Judge, all of these games matter, all of these games count for a team that's expected to win a championship. So I do think there's an element of like the performance that he's putting forth being more valuable just because not only is it on a bigger stage, but it's, you know the games matter so much with the Yankees dealing with all these injuries, and he's pretty much been the offense up until, uh, up until late. So... Judge is the MVP. I don't even want to entertain that as a conversation. I, I think that, that that debate is kind of silly. But he's been incredible. You know who also has been incredible? Aaron Boone. Now, I know a lot of folks out there love to criticize this guy. And, you know, I, I, I'll be honest and I'll be candid and say that I have been critical of him in the past. And it's so frustrating because in this new age of baseball— we don't really have a blueprint on how to evaluate managers the way we once did because of the infusion of analytics. And it's like, where do these decisions come from? Are managers actually making out the lineups? Like, do they make decisions in game or is this presented to them within a binder? And, you know, it just happens the way that they formulated before the game. So it's tough to really analyze managers these days and it's so frustrating because like when they lose who do you blame when they win who are we giving praise to but for Aaron Boone to navigate through this season the way that he has I I would argue this has been the most impressive 
managerial campaign of his tenure with the Yankees. When you just look at all of the pressure coming into the year with the new contract, the fan base did not want him back. Majority of the fan base were done with Aaron Boone, thought that the end of the contract signified him being done with the organization. And he came in, and all they did was win 52 of their first 70 games. They were the best team in baseball. And then they kind of fell apart. And they were on the cusp, actually, of doing something that had never been done before. And it's for all the wrong reasons you want to make history. Blowing a 15-and-a-half game division lead. Like, that was in, that was in striking distance. There, there was a chance that the Yankees were going to be the organization that became the first one in baseball history to ever blow a lead of this magnitude. And they were staring that in the face. And, you know, amidst all the injuries and, and everything that was, un, uh, you know, unfolding around him with, you know, fans chanting fire Boone, and he heard the chants. It was just a mess. And I think he's handled it brilliantly. On top of the fact that, as I mentioned, he's had to navigate the injuries. I think that this is the worst bullpen situation he's had to, you know, manage in addition to a suspect rotation, all the injuries. And then you have the judge contract being such a, a big distraction because even when the Yankees win games, you listen to talk radio and all people want to discuss is, is he coming back next year? And now, you know, we've been kind of wiped off our feet with this chase for history. But I just think that when you look at how they've performed under the pressurized standards that is being, you know, a championship contender every year where it's like win or, you know, championship or bust. If you don't even get to the World Series, it's a failure. And considering everything that's happened, I think Aaron Boone's been tremendous this year. So I do want to give him some credit. And I don't think enough people do that. Boone's been phenomenal. If the Yankees don't win the title this year, I don't think it's really his fault. Now, it's hard to say that. Like, we have to see how it unfolds. But just looking at this team, it's an older roster. They've clearly got some deficiencies. I still think they're going to win it. People act like they're just drawing dead to to beat the Astros. Like, they have no shot at all at beating Houston. Is it going to be a, a tough challenge? Of course. Absolutely. That's a phenomenal team. And Dusty Baker is probably going to be the AL manager of the year. They just keep losing pieces. And here's another 100-win season for the Astros. So I think he's probably going to be the manager of the year. But I think Aaron Boone has done a tremendous job this year. So I just wanted to point that out. We go back to the phone lines. Simon in New Haven wants to chop it up. What's up, Simon? Hey, how are you? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, man. What's up? Talk to me. Well, I wanted to do a, I have an idea for a new nickname for Aaron Judge, a John Sterling home run call with a judge and make a comment about the judge, if I may. Oh, I'm nervous about this because usually these don't end well. Uh, but go ahead. Uh, let me hear. Okay. It'll be a 3-2 to judge. Swing on. There it goes. Deep to right. It is high. It is far. It is gone. The gavel man strikes again. All rise. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win on the gavel man walk-off home run by Aaron Judge. Oh, wasn't that a great shot folks <laughs> he's a gift from god aaron judge i like it but here, so here's the problem simon and, and and when you get this nitpicky it actually means that it was pretty good you didn't mention that he's he's making history with the home run because at, at any point his next home run is going to be historic he's going to tie yeah, roger maris so where do you fit that how, how do you fit that in there 
You want to redo oh, he's it? Gonna, he's, he's on the verge of his, history. He just did his 61st home no, run. No, do folks. the whole call again. Like, Do the whole call again, but include that. Okay. Okay, it'll be a 3-2 to judge. Swing on, there it goes, deep to right. It is high, it is far, it is gone. A walk-off by the gavel man. He's made history, folks. Number 61. Oh, Susan, how do you feel about that? I'm shocked, John. I'm absolutely <laughs> shocked at that. Wow. He is a gift from God, like Simon said. Yes. He's oh, a what a home run. By- ball game over. The Yankees win. The Yankees win. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing, Simon. So, can I take you behind the curtain? One of my producers, I won't say who it who it is, was very skeptical about this call. He wasn't sure that you were going to nail it, but you did. And in the face of haters, you nailed it. Well, I do. I do other voices too. You know, other. You know. I like that you involved Susan in the call as well, which I don't think she'd well, be you know, talking. I, 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 it's, it's part of history, you know, John. Yeah, it really is, Susan. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, this is amazing. We should just do this the rest of the show. What's your uh, so what's your other point on Judge? What do you got? Well, I, I think he's a gift from God, and, and I, I well, he's going to stay with us, all right? And, and if he does stay with us, he has to bat and lead off. I'm sorry. The guy is a gift from God. I came up with that nickname, the gift from God. Judge, he is a gift from God. Until, all around, he's going to stay on this team. I say they're going to give him maybe a, I say a 12-year deal for $775 million. 12-year deal? Yeah, why not? You are out He's of your it. mind. 12 uh, years? Okay, maybe 11. So you're going to pay him until he's age 43? Oh, you're out of your you, mind. Well. He's tar- he's going to be 31 next season. Well, so you're going to pay him well, he's, through he's his... Worth, he's worth somewhere in the... In the uh, a lot of money. He really is. No, he's worth a ton of money, and I appreciate the call, Simon. But listen, 12 years, it's not happening. But... The Yankees are, I think, in that territory where it's like you have to pay him. And I know people hate the, you know, pay him whatever he wants mantra. But you're, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Could you imagine this type of season? And, and everyone has phrased it. Everyone has written it as one of the best off- offensive seasons we've ever seen in baseball. He's going to win the MVP, could win the Triple Crown, could carry the Yankees to a championship, and we're going to just allow this guy to walk away, not because he doesn't want to be here, not because he just, you know, wants to play in San Francisco, you know, in California where he's from, but because the Yankees failed to offer him enough money. Do you do you realize how, how much of a travesty that would be? Like, that's just a, a terrible look for the organization to have he's already one of the best players in franchise history just from a talent perspective now we we obviously want to see his career play out but just from a talent standpoint and what he's been able to do throughout his career so far when he's been healthy putting together one of the greatest seasons of all time he's already one of the best talents we've ever seen in the organization he's in his prime the yankees are are 13 years removed from their last championship, and we're going to allow the best player we've had since who? Jeter, Prime Aaron, to just walk away because we, we, we're not paying him enough money. We're so concerned about how the contract is going to age that we're just going to say thanks but no thanks. Like how, how closer are you to ending the championship drought if Judge is not on your roster? It would it it would be like one of those monumental 
just awful days in Yankee history if they allow Judge to walk. And and you flirt with the danger of, you know, the contract aging poorly and overpaying for this guy, but this is the, the predicament you put yourself in. Once he decided to reject that offer and bet on himself, you were always going to run the risk of this happening. Now, no one saw this coming. No one saw, like, the br- this type of brilliance being put together in a walk year. Have you ever seen an athlete perform to this level in a year where they bet on themselves? This is like anti-Dennis Schroeder. Like, this is the opposite of what Dennis Schroeder did. And for the Yankees to let him go, I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. If you're leaving Yankee Stadium right now, 800-919-3776. Hit us up on the phone lines. want to talk to you about what should be a win. They called the game already. I know we want to see history tonight, but there's, there's still plenty of time left in the season for Judge to hit both 61 and 62 and then keep on going. Call the game tonight. Give the Yankees their seventh straight victory so we can start looking ahead to Toronto. If you're leaving the stadium, hit us up on Twitter at Ty D. Butler, on Instagram, Ty D. Butler, and on the phone lines, 800-919-3776. More of your phone calls on the Yankees. How far can they go? The Judge MVP conversation, you can call and talk about it, but as far as I'm concerned, that's over. It, it, it's over and done with. Imagine being the guy who's, who looks at Aaron Judge, who hit 60 home runs this year, and you're like, yeah, that guy's not the MVP, even though he did it for a first-place team in the Yankees. They're going to get a first-round bye. They're going to be one of the favorites to win the championship. He's not the MVP. You sound really silly right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. We're showing love to Rihanna tonight. After it was announced, she's going to be performing, headlining the halftime of the Super Bowl in Arizona where the Jets will be in action. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, you're not missing much if you're not watching this uh Sunday night football game between the Niners and Broncos. It is 7-3, and it is boring. Uh, that Denver offense continues to struggle. You know, Russell Wilson, I, I, I thought that he was going to tap into that, you know, prime Russell Wilson phase and, and, and get Denver on the map because their defense is so good. All they needed was a quarterback. I thought he was going <laughs> to come in there and, and, and light it up, and so far that has not been the case. 7-3, the Niners on top of the Broncos. That is in the third quarter. Let's go to Jay, who's leaving Yankee Stadium. What's up, Jay? Hey, how you doing? How's it going? I'm actually leaving the game now because I expect the game to be uh, cold at this point, the way the uh, rain was coming on, the thunder and the lightning. Yeah, it's coming down a lot. It's coming down heavy out there, right? Yeah, real heavy. I mean, it's unfortunate because I was looking forward to uh, watching Judge you know, tie the uh, home run record with Roger Maris, especially with my two little ones being uh, at the oh, game for the first time. Man, that would have been so awesome. Where were you guys sitting? Like, what, what section of the ballpark? We're actually sitting on section 300 on the right field side. Oh, like wait, so in, in fair territory? Yes, fair territory, so which with, made it that much more exciting. Wow, so you had a chance. If, if he goes oppo, you, you can catch the home run. Absolutely. Now, what we would you have— for, we had, what would you have done with the ball? What would you have done with the ball? Because that the kid who caught 60 
that just gave it back, and, uh, and you know, people were calling him classy. Uh, we can we can you know discuss that. What would you have done? I, you I'll be honest. Him? I mean, I, I'm I'm a huge Yankee fan. I mean, all I know is the Yankees. I've been following them since the uh, early '90s, but. I honestly would have just left with the ball. I wouldn't have given it back and everything. You know what I mean? These guys make millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> I like that you're it keeping it real. Funny, no, I like that you're keeping it real, man. I have to. I, I, will, I will leave with the ball, and I'll see, you know, you know who really wants the ball. And, you know, I got I got to think about, you know, this could set up my uh, my future going forward. So I, I'll be selfish in that aspect, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. You could have came up on some some millies. Some, <laughs> some millies. Absolutely. That, that was my game plan going in. I'm like, you know, this is all sitting great right now. You know, the 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 uh, the plies is uh, is like setting stuff up with my my little ones going to the game for the first time. Me being fair territory, be able to catch the ball. You know, it was looking too good, too good to be true. But you know, fortunate. You know, it, it didn't happen the way I was hoping. But it, it was it was good. The most important thing was the experience for my boys, and they had a good time. That's good, man. I'm I'm glad you guys had a good time. You know, could have witnessed history, but it's a moment you'll remember forever. The Yankees one step closer to winning the division. So I appreciate you chiming in. Drive safe. Are you, are you driving? Yeah, I th- believe he's driving. So I was gonna say, drive safely, man. It's coming down, coming down hard out there. By the way, <laughs> I don't know if you guys just saw what Jimmy Garoppolo did. He went full Dan Orlovsky. We love Dan Orlovsky. I think he's one of the three best football analysts we have here at the network. But Jimmy G, <laughs> Jimmy G just took the snap, and as he was going through his progressions, stepped in the back of the end zone for a safety. Lost track of where he was, so it's now 7-5. It's like a baseball score, 7-5 Niners over the Broncos. Oh, what a mess of a game. Pete's in the Broncos wants, wants to talk Yankees. What's up, Pete? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm, ch- uh, I'm chilling, man. What's good? Good man, weather was horrible. I was I, I was at section eight. I was section eighteen at Legends. Um, game was good up until the point it started pouring. But I I got my cardio in because every time Judge was coming up, I ran I ran to the bleachers, and then I went back. Oh, uh, you were so running I, to the bleachers I, I, to try to catch it. Yeah, and I was coming back to my seat afterwards. So so what I were you gonna do with it? What were you gonna do with it if you had caught the ball? Oh, I'm taking it with me, and Take- then I'm 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 calling I'm I'm calling Steiner on 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 a on a speed dial, <laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna make my I'm gonna make my million, and I'm gonna tell them that I want season tickets forever. <laughs> Yo, everyone's everyone's looking for a come up, man. I love the honesty. What's up? So you want to talk about the Yankees being built to fail? Come with your yeah, your let's, misery. Let's, Let me hear it. So listen, listen. I don't want to be the Yankee fan that, that complains, but I, I'm going to be that Yankee fan that complains. So why would you not um, want to be it, but also do it? I don't get it. No, no. I'm just saying because I, no, you know, people are going to t- turn around and say, "Oh, typical Yankee fan complaining." You know, you always win. You're always five up, five hundred or better. You guys always make the playoffs. Yada yada yada. Truth of the matter is, Cashman's got to go, and wow. and Jeter's got to come in and be the and <laughs> Jeter's got to come in and be the new GM. Cashman gets too much credit. He was given those championships by Bob Watson and Gene Michael. It was handed to him. He's not the reason for the core four. He didn't put them together. And every person that he gets is a short-term great player, and then all of a sudden they fade away. And us New Yorkers, we're quick to be like, oh, oh, he's great. Luke Voigt, amazing. Gone. 
all these players that he hired, I mean, the Donaldson, the Donaldsons of the world, the Rizzos, if we got Freeman, right? Hear me out for one second. If we got Freeman, Freeman's batting 327. If he's at Yankee Stadium, he hits more home runs than Rizzo. Okay, we get Rizzo as a as a second place prize, and then we're worried about our farm team. We have a we have a Dominican player that won a World Series at 19 years old, won a batting title, lefty, and we're worried about giving away our farm. Well, I, I mean, we have 70 wins at the break. What do you care about your farm? Go for it all. I hear you. So I, I, I'm a, I'm a diehard Yankee fan, and I don't mean to complain. And look, Boone's doing a great job. We're still without LeMayu. We're still without Benatendi. We're still – we Rizzo was hurt. The whole team's been hurt. We've had a double 18 for like a month, and we still were winning. So that's fine. But at the end of the day, I'm done with Cashman and these analytics, man. I can't, I can't take it no more. So let me, let me ask you a question. You do realize that the next – because baseball as a whole, it's not just a Yankee-centric thing. It's not like this is unique to the Yankees. The entire sport and sports in general are moving toward analytics. So you're not going to bring in some guy who's just going to be, all right, let me do everything and make every decision, and it's going to be, you know, gut-oriented. The, the sport is moving no, toward you're right. analytics. You're right. But you know what? Moderation, my brother. Like, it, it can't be complete n- nerd syndrome. It's got to be some manager that looks at the gray areas and the, the upper management has to lean back and be like, okay, and listen. It can't be like, I, I think the upper management just calls shots left and right and they just want a puppet that's going to be a manager. That, that's why they. That's why Buck Showalter went to the Mets. That's why, you look at the Yankee managers. That's why you're already left. Because anytime you talk back to them, you're, you're done. Boom, he's great, great personality, everything. I like the way he coaches. I think he fits very well. But I just really think that the Yankees – look, we could have signed Bradley from Houston Michael, two years ago. Michael Brantley. And what did he do? Yeah, Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley, right? And, and, and instead of signing him, perfect left-handed batter, perfect left-handed for Yankee Stadium, what do we do? We give Hicks. Hicks, <laughs> who doesn't hit it to the sticks. Well, you can you could also say the same about Verlander, a guy they, they, they could have traded for. And he ends up going to Houston and helps to win a championship. And, and imagine Otani, the idiot goes to the Angels to be close to home. Imagine we were the runner-up. If we got Otani, wow, we yeah. would have been golden. I appreciate the call, Pete. I mean, listen, a, a lot of Yankee fans feel the same way that you do and that, you know, Cashman has reaped the harvest of, of his predecessors and now he's living on on the championships of the past, haven't won since 2009, so maybe it's time for a quote-unquote new voice within the organization. I just, It's just one of those things where even if I would agree with you, I don't think it's going to happen because all we hear from people who cover baseball is that the Steinbrenner family considers Cashman to be like, you know, uh, 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 one of, the, one of the, the, the members of the family. They consider him to be that close. They're, they're that in lockstep with him where as long as this team is contending for championships, they're making the playoffs every single year for the most part. And, you know, they haven't had a losing season since, when was it, 93, 94 was the last time the Yankees had a losing season. And they're they're always right, or at least as of, you know, as of late, post-2017, 
they're always in the conversation of winning a championship. So I, I think it's a hard sell uh, for anyone going to Hal Steinbrenner saying that they're greener pastures because Cashman has simply kept this organization, you know, with his head, with his head above water for 30 years. And look, if he's falling short of the ultimate goal of winning a championship, then yeah, that's something. I, I'm just making the the argument for the other side. I, I would agree with you. I, I I I really can't stand when people treat Yankee fans like they're spoiled brats because of this whole championship mantra. As if we woke up one day and decided we wanted this organization to be about championship or bust. All we heard Derek Jeter in his documentary talk about was how every year they didn't win, it was a failed season. So this didn't start with fans. It started with the organization. It started with the owner and George Steinbrenner, and it trickled down into the players, and us as fans reaped the harvest of that. We didn't just make that up. So, yes, it's it's always been about winning championships, always. Richard in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? I'm going to tell you two things that even Hollywood wouldn't believe. I'm looking forward Yesterday, to it. Yesterday, in the top of the ninth, the Yanks are up 7-5. Boston is threatening. Yep. Alex Cora is talking to some of the fans who are pleading with him to tie the score. Yes, I saw so that. Cora tells the fans, let's get a chance going. Let's go Red Sox. Let's go Red Sox. <laughs> Can you imagine if something like that happened? I think that would have been the greatest thing. It's I've disgraceful, actually. It's disgraceful if you were a Yankee Why? fan. Be- Why? Well, it's disgraceful. Why is because... it disgraceful? It's loyalty to their player. No, 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 no. It's not loyalty to a player that should trump loyalty to winning. Like, you shouldn't... First of that all... Doesn't if they... win it. That doesn't preclude yeah, but, but winning. It, but it does... But it does... Sorry, it does put you... It does put you at a disadvantage because the Red Sox come back and tie it. Now we're starting extra innings with a man on second yeah, base. starting the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, going to the bottom of the ninth. And then well, say you don't the score. Bottom of the ninth to win it. Yeah, but if you don't score... Like, you... you... <laughs> Richard, this isn't like rocket science. If the, if the, the Red Sox... If the Red Sox tie the game... They can win the game. If the Yankees go out there and shut them down, that the game's over. It's like Hi, I'm not asking for practicality. I said it would be an unbelievable Hollywood story. No, I get that. But what I'm saying is that it was disgraceful for Yankee fans to be chanting that. That's all I'm saying. I, I can I, see it, and I wouldn't think it was disgraceful. All right. Now I'm going to give you a bit of information that not John Sterling would give you. Sterling would never give you this. I don't even think Bob Costas or Tim Kirkchin knows this. Okay. If Aaron Judge hits the home run tomorrow on Rosh Hashanah, I'm not a Jewish person, but I know this. Oh, a lot of people are not watching the game. If he hits the home run tomorrow on Rosh Hashanah, it may not be, may not be the most famous Yankee home run on Rosh Hashanah. And I'll tell you why. First of all, you know the most famous... Home run on Rosh Hashanah. Which one is it? Which one? It's the only one. October second, nineteen seventy-eight. Bucky Dent. Well, Bucky Dent. Yeah, the now, game one sixty-three. Now the reason I know that is because I've been in school from nineteen sixty to nineteen eighty-two in New York, twenty-two years. I was a first-year dental student at NYU, October second, nineteen seventy-eight. It was the first time in my life. 
I remembered, and I've got a great memory, that I had a day off for a Jewish holiday. And that was a Jewish holiday that Monday. It was a cloudy day in New York. I was studying histology and dental material science because we had exams the next day. And I remember being off from school. We had the radios on in the dorm, listening to the game here, hearing Phil Rizzuto and Bill White making that call. So he may not hit the homer tomorrow, and it still may not be the most famous home run on Rosh Hashanah. You don't have to look it up, Ty. I, you can I go trust on my you. Memory. I trust you, Richard. Thank you so much for A that information. Time. Have a good night. That was information I know we all needed tonight. We continue to move forward. More of your phone calls coming up. Going until midnight. If you're leaving Yankee Stadium, hit us up, 800-919-3776. Talking Yankees. I don't, I don't think the rest of this game is going to be played tonight. You look at the weather. The Yankees got to travel to Toronto. We, we know the only reason why it's still in question is because of Aaron Judge you know, on the cusp of history. But this should be win number seven in a row for the Yankees, nine of the last 11, and they should have a magic number of two headed to Toronto, and we could be looking forward to celebrating an AL East division crown, as long as it leads to more celebrating. But we'll talk about it. 800-919-3776. More of your phone calls coming up on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dedicated this song to you, Jacob? No, not yet. <laughs> nah, not yet. I saw the stories the other night. You, you living that single life. I saw your IG story. Oh, yeah, I'm living a great life right now. <laughs> you doing your thing. Ty Butler going until midnight. Joe, make the case for me that this Sunday night football game isn't the worst football game of all time. Make the case for you? That it's not. I mean... Because it's pretty terrible. I would say Darren Orlovsky thinks it's the best Sunday Night Football game of all time. Well, that's the best part of it. Darren Orlovsky's now trending because Jimmy G just gave him full vindication and freedom. Yeah. He he went full Darren Orlovsky running out of the back of the end zone on a safety. And now Twitter's blowing up. So Darren Orlovsky's trending. We had the, the butt punt earlier in, in Dolphins Bills. So Mark Sanchez was trending. And now we've got... The, the full Dan Orlovsky experience that has him trending. So that's the best part that's come out of this 7-5 uh, boring Broncos and Niners game tonight. So do you got it? Do you have a case that it's not the worst game you've ever watched? I mean, I'm pretty sure that there was a... This might have been a Monday night football game where it was so rainy in Pittsburgh. I think it was Pittsburgh's and uh, Steelers and Ravens. And it was like every other step, there were people like oh, stepping in the sinkholes and stuff like that. <laughs> I remember that game. I don't know if that was a Sunday night football game, but that was definitely the worst football game I've ever watched with my two eyes. Yeah, this is pretty bad. So if you're not watching this Sunday night game, you are not missing much. Um, it, 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 it's it's dreadful. And I was someone who was high on the Broncos, not feeling good right now. Vincent Brooklyn wants to talk Yankees. What's up, Vince? How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Thanks for making it. All right. It. Well, listen to this, okay? I mean, I'm pretty sure your producer already told you about the call that I'm trying to make. What's going on right now is that we got two Yankee legends that are out there looking for, possibly looking for jobs. Right? Donnie B, Donnie Baseball is is parted ways with, with the uh, with the yep, Marlins. The Marlins. Right? At the end of the season, and, yep. And you got G, you got G out there. Listen, you could make, can't you make a good uh, a Yankee management decision uh, with, with some legends that could do some good 
for the team. If you want and, headlines, I mean, sure. Everybody, if everybody wants, yeah, if you want headlines, and, and, and Yankee fans, they're going to eat this up. And I want, I want to hear them call in, and I'm going to listen to the rest of the night. But yeah, think about that. You think this? It, you think that can't happen? <laughs> well, you, you, think, you, you think that can't happen? So really? it's, I don't think it's going to happen. I appreciate yeah, the call, It's not going to happen, but it could happen. I, I don't think it could. I appreciate the call, events. Well, so here's the thing. The Yankees right now are a win away from clinching the American League East. The Yankees right now have the second-best odds to win the pennant. The Yankees right now, you could argue, are anywhere between third and fifth as far as odds to win a championship, and that would be behind the Astros and Dodgers for sure, and and you could also argue that the Braves and the Mets. That's what the Yankees are right now. The Yankees also, for the time being, employ the American League MVP. They They are plenty good enough to win a championship, and this is now the second guy who's called in talking about, you know, getting rid of the GM and the manager. It's so funny. By the way, Aaron Boone just signed essentially a four-year extension this past offseason. He's not getting fired. I don't know that Jeter's looking for a job. When I listen to him uh, during his documentary, he sounds pretty content with living life, chasing around his three daughters and and being married to, uh, you know, being married. So I doesn't exactly sound like he's out here collecting unemployment checks, looking for work. And, and as far as um, uh, Don Mattingly is concerned, you know, he's stepping away from the Marlins, and he did say that he's not retiring, but I don't think the Yankees are looking for a GM and looking for a manager. But that's it's interesting that the Yankees are doing this well, and we're still taking calls on possibly replacing both Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone. It just shows you, you know, where the fan base is sometimes. Where the fan base is sometimes. So, so the Broncos have now punted again. And the Niners now have the ball in Denver territory, looking to extend that 7-5 to lead. It was a, a wild one in, in Week 3 today. Wild one in, in the NFL. So when we get uh, to the 11 o'clock hour, we'll transition back to football as we talk about the Jets again and then go around the league. When we get back, Joe put me on to an interesting Yankee nugget that he came across on Twitter that I want to delve into. And it's about... A question that has been posed about the game one starter for the Yankees. Nasty Nestor was on the mound today. Garrett Cole continues to struggle. So he's got an interesting nugget that I want to dive into once we get back right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Tonight, Ty Butler going until midnight. It looks like this Yankee game is moments away from being called. They're up 2-0 after 6, and we've had a lengthy rain delay, about an hour and some change. Uh, Eric Boland just tweeted out, word around the Yankees clubhouse is a decision one way or the other on this game should be coming soon. Said one Yankee, given the radar and the flooding on the field, not sure what they're doing. It's the weather. So things can change, but the feeling is that this one is likely to be called. So uh, there is that. Just quickly, football fans, it's not too late to sign up for Cover 5, a free-to-play pick-em game for your season-long fun. 
and compete against your friends or rivals and your favorite 98.7 ESPN host. I was terrible today uh, with my spread betting. But pick five games each week, and the best score against the spread throughout the regular season will win $1,000. That's one k Weekly prizes of $100 will also be awarded. Join the 98.7 ESPN League with code NY22. That's New York 22 on the Cover 5 app. Cover5.com. Visit ESPNNewYork.com for full contest rules. So, Joe, you hit me earlier with a fascinating stats that involved the guy who was on the mound tonight for the Yankees in what is going to be a 2-0 win for them to uh, improve to seven straight wins. And this nasty Nestor Cortez was involved in some uh, statistical, I'd say, fascinations. What was that? This is from the Yankee statistician, James Smythe, also on the uh, Toto Slab podcast. This is the Yankees' lowest ERA through 27 starts since 1973. Obviously, number one is Rod Guidry in his magical 1978 season. Then Nestor Cortez this season, 2.56. Catfish Hunter in 75 with a 2.73. Garrett Cole last year in his second place finish in the Cy Young Cy Award, yep. 2.75. And Jimmy Key in 93 with a 2.79 ERA. So through 27 starts, Nasty Nestor has the second lowest ERA in team history. Since 73. Since which is, 73. Which is when the DH was established. Post-1973, the second lowest ERA in the Yankee history belongs to one Nestor Cortez. By the way, uh, the game has been called, according to Buster Only, uh, it is official the Yankees win this one two to nothing after six innings. But that's a that the reason why I find this so interesting is because for months now it feels like we've had to entertain conversations from Yankee fans and listeners out there about who would get the ball to start game one. I don't think it's a question it's gonna be Garrett Cole, but the reason they're trying to make is that, you know, for all intents and purposes, Garrett Cole hasn't been good this year. He, he is a shell of what he was in Houston. He's not even the same pitcher he was last year when he finished second in the Cy Young, albeit he was an all-star. But Garrett Cole, I mean, he's been bitten by the long run. I, I believe he's given up the second most home runs in all of baseball this year, and he just hasn't looked like the same pitcher since spider Tag. whereas Nestor Cortez keeps going out there and, and, and pitching gems. I don't think the Yankees, under any circumstance— that doesn't involve an injury to Garrett Cole. Uh, you're going to sit up there and start Nestor over him in a game one of any playoff series if they're both on on equal rest. But it's just so funny that the, the, the noise is going to continue to grow. And this is fresh off of what we saw happen last year in October when Cole imploded in Boston. How the Yankees season ended last year was with Garrett Cole just completely vomiting all over himself on the mound. And Yankee fans haven't forgotten about that. And now you see what Nestor Cortez is doing. It gives you a little bit of, uh, of reason to believe maybe he can be more effective in a start. But the reality is the path of the Yankees winning the championship that does not include Garrett Cole being awesome is one that does not exist. You need Garrett Cole to be great. The rotation is suspect. The bullpen is even more suspect. You need your ace pitcher. You're giving $240 million to be to be great. Joe, who would you start in game one? I would go Cole just because it's not even the, the, the money aspect. He's proven big game pitcher. 
He's proven in Yankee Stadium that he can handle that pressure when he pitched for the Astros. And you got to give him another shot. If he throws a clunker in game one of the ALDS against whoever it is, then, yeah, all this hate on him is, is validated and vindicated. But until that point, you have to give him the other opportunity to show him, show everyone that he is truly the ace of the staff. I agree with that. I, I just, and knowing, not knowing Garrett Cole, because I don't know him personally, but I cannot imagine what that conversation would be like when, when he's called into Aaron Boone's office and he's told, you're starting game two. We're going with Nestor Cortez. Now, to be a good teammate, I'm sure he, he would play it correctly, but... <laughs> yeah, but is there a better game two starter in the American League than Nestor Cortez? Better game two starter in the American League than Nestor Cortez? Probably not. So Probably not. Throws... Remember, it's so funny. Like We were actually talking about early, early in the season, couldn't Nestor start the All-Star game? Right. So if, if Colt does throw a gem in game one and you go up one nothing, you have the best game two starter who is probably starting game one for, forget the American a, League. A lot of other teams. Every other team except for maybe the Dodgers and the, the Mets. Mets. Yeah, he, and he would start game three for the Mets. But, yeah, I hear your point, man. He like He's been that good this year. And, and following the hot start, he struggled a bit. Then he got hurt. But overall this season, he, he's been – yeah, uh, he's been incredible for the Yankees. He's he's been a godsend and a rotation that is littered with question marks, including Garrett Cole. Nestor Cortez has been the one guy you can go out there and feel confident that he's going to give you every chance to win the game. So as I mentioned, the game it has been called Yankees after a two hour and seven minute, uh, two hours and seven minutes of play. They experienced an hour and a half of a rain delay. The game has officially been called. They beat the Red Sox 2 to nothing. They're on to Toronto. They've won seven straight games, nine of their last 11. The magic number to clinch the AL East division is two, which means you get a win tomorrow night. The New York Yankees are your American League East division champions, and it could happen Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, regardless of what happens. If they beat the Jays just one time, they will be the American League East. American League East champions, which is a co- an accomplishment, something you got to celebrate. I know we have bigger fish to fry as far as winning World Series, but you you got to celebrate that. You know, a lot of people expected the Blue Jays to to run away with this division. That they, they were the favorites to come out the American League. Everyone was picking them to win the World Series. And it's not that they they can't because they're still in it. You know, they they still have the wild card as a path. But the Yankees did something that at least a fraction of people thought they couldn't do, and that was win this division. And it looked dicey at times because that 15-and-a-half game lead was down to four, was down to three, and we're like, "Uh uh-oh, this could be a a, a catastrophe. This could be an embarrassment. The New York Yankees, who pride themselves on winning championships and Hall of Famer this and Hall of Famer that and all these records are about to blow a 15-and-a-half game division lead. Yikes. But, alas, that will not be the case, as this will wrap up at some point this week, and then we can move on to bigger things, and that is winning the division series, getting to the championship series, who you will presumably meet, uh, the Houston Astros, a team that knocked you out in 2017, knocked you out in 2019, 
So there's some unfinished business there. I'm the Yankee fan who's sitting here saying I want the Astros. Not because I think the Yankees should be the favorites to beat them. Not because I think they're definitely going to beat them. But I just, I want to go through that team. That's the team I want to have. And we'll continue to talk about it. One more I'm going to play with right here on 98.7 ESPN.